Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Lenny Wood is the director of his own company, Marketing Outsource. He started his business during the pandemic, and Lenny says that without networking, he would have struggled to get it off the ground. Thank you very much for being my guest on the podcast today, Lenny. Thanks, Liz. It's uh, great to be here. Now, you've worked in marketing for a number of years now, but looking at your LinkedIn profile, you started out in retail. So tell me about the years that you spent at, at Wilco. Oh, certainly, yeah. So that was that was my first ever job straight out of mm. college. Um, and basically, I, I went to, obviously, did school, did college, but didn't really fancy going to university because because of the age I am, I actually had the choice to go to university for, you know, not for free, but for yeah. very little money. Yeah. Um, but uh, my social group didn't really, uh, not many of them were going to um, university. Mm. So basically, I just did what a lot of people my age did at that time, which was just um, look for a job. And the, the the jobs that were around at the time were mostly retail. Yeah. Um, obviously, things have changed quite a lot now. But uh, but what it, what it did do, though, was, which I, you know, obviously didn't know at the time, was um, it actually taught me an awful lot of basic skills that I use to this yeah. day. Um, one of the biggest ones being confidence. Mm. <clears throat> so I wasn't a very confident um, teenager, uh, but spending time at uh, in retail at Wilco's um, basically completely changed me as a person. Yeah. And so how long did you stay there? Oh, I was there for at least oh, about seven years, mm. I think. Um, and I started as a four hour a night night filler. Yeah. Um, and then when I left the company, I'd gone through the management program and I was the assistant manager of the Harlow store. Fantastic. Mm. So how did you feel then a few months ago when, when Wilco's went under? Oh, such a shame. Well, I still know people as well. Like my my immediate friend group, there's still four or five people that mm. I've known since those days. And uh, and we were all the same, you know, it was a real shame because it was kind of like the end of a era yeah. almost in our life. Um, I know the brand has sort of carried on, you know, it's been bought as a name mm-hmm. and, and it carries on online, but it's not quite the same. No, no, it isn't. So what was it that drew you towards marketing then? Uh, well, it's an interesting kind of story, really. So like I got did the seven years in retail and then there was a Christmas when I was working, because obviously retail, Christmas, most important time of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> and there was a time where I was uh, standing on a ladder in the <laughs> shop, hanging point of sale for the January sale on Christmas Eve. Mm. And I watched as people walked past the shop who were going out, people my ages, uh, my age, mm. and, and I was like, I think I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted my weekend weekends back, and I wanted my you know special uh, times of the year back. So, I basically I left that job, and then uh, I did temping for a sh- very short time, mm-hmm. where I was able to try out a whole bunch of different mm. jobs, um, and I wanted to get into a nine to five job. Yeah. Um, and so I tried a whole bunch of office related jobs. Um, and strangely enough, it was a job that wasn't even an office job that got me into it. So yeah. there was a, a job for two weeks for a warehouse person. And yeah. that, was, that was it. So I took that job and two weeks become four weeks become four months. Um, and I got to know everybody and um, I endeared myself to the graphic design team mm-hmm. that were there. And so when somebody left, I applied and got the job to be a graphic a trainee graphic designer, yeah. basically. 
Wow. So, so I did that uh, for about two years, and then I just transitioned across to marketing in that company, and then that's sort of how I got into it. Yeah. And so where did you go from there? Because you, you worked for a few companies, I think, doing doing marketing. Yes. So so that was how I sort of segued into it in mm. the first place. And then I thought, well, I've got lots of experience now in marketing, in graphic design and in management from the Wilco's job. So I put it all together and then I just applied for jobs as market, as a marketing manager. Um, and so then I moved on to another job where I started my marketing management career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I did that for... 15 years I think something like that on or off um and uh and then yeah that brought us all the way up to where we are now pretty much yeah and so what is it about marketing that particularly appeals to you well it's interesting because at the time I mean as you can tell from what I've just said is that I was still trying to find my feet and I didn't Mm. really know what it was that I actually wanted to do still so when I just took the the opportunities that came my way um, and it just so happened that marketing was where I landed um, and I just really enjoyed the, the combination of, you know, statistics, planning, strategy, uh, in some cases, graphic design. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, it's just such a multifaceted uh, discipline that yeah. it keeps me interested so yeah. I mean this whether or not you believe in uh, star signs or anything like that <laughs> I, I'm a Gemini and I get really bored really easily so <laughs> actually marketing's pretty cool for me because it is uh, a constant challenge and it's yeah. always different so yeah. so that's probably what I what drew me to it <laughs> and what was it that made you decide to become self-employed Ah, so that was that's a much easier uh, um, <laughs> journey. So that was COVID. So right. yeah, so so I was working for a, a, a international Swiss uh, email security company at the time, mm-hmm. um, and they, like a lot of corporates, sort of panicked a little bit in COVID and, and furloughed, you know, eighty percent of the, the the global workforce. Yeah, um, and so that put me in a position where I needed to really sort of think on my feet. Um, so the first thing I did was I talked to my recruitment uh, contacts on LinkedIn um, to find that nine out of ten of them were furloughed as well. Yeah. So that that wasn't a great start. <laughs> so <laughs> so I thought, well, it's either sit here, um, complete complete Netflix, uh, <laughs> or maybe you know take my skills and experience and try and build a company out of COVID. Mm. Um, and then I, and then what really finally pushed me over the edge was I had a chat with my boss and he said, you know, we've got to furlough this many people, but you run the marketing and I've still got a business to run. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So there must be loads of people in that position. Uh, and there was, so that's what allowed me to build the business from day one to basically get through COVID and then, uh, and move it on from there. Yeah. So how did you find it being self-employed, having been an employee for such a long time? Well, I think I was really fortunate, which is that because I was able to build the company whilst being on furlough, somebody was paying me to do it. So I think the thing that most people have to face down if they want to start up uh, a business for themselves is that they, they, they go to bed on Friday night with a salary and they wake up on Monday morning with no money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, I didn't have to face that as such, really. I was facing it, but I was facing it in eight months ahead of when it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so I was a bit fortunate from that point of view. Um, and I had some savings as well. So all of that put together just kind of made it a little bit easier to get going. Yeah. So who are your clients? What kind of sectors are they from and what sort of size businesses are you working with? 
Well, this is the fun part, you see, because because marketing is so broad that I don't I I spend a lot of my time telling people to have a niche, and, mm-hmm. and it's very important to have a niche, and it makes messaging easier, and yeah. you your you know your message will resonate better with the people that you want to target. However, my niche is that I don't have a niche, <laughs> so so basically I work I I current my current client base is is a very widespread of smes to european corporates Mm -hmm. um in all sectors so it's yeah there's no one sector that i that i concentrate on and there's no one size business yeah that, that fits what i do either yeah so tell me about some of the things that you do for your clients yeah, so basically, we uh, well, when I first started out, basically, I had an awful lot of skills because I because I'd managed several teams in the past. I I'm always made it my um, mission to kind of learn what they all did because mm. I think there's there, there's a lot of you know managers out there who manage a team without necessarily knowing what they do. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I knew what they did, which meant that when I started a business, I could just take all of that experience and then I just threw everything at the wall to see what people wanted and and and, uh, and what I like to do. Um, and over the last three years, I've chiseled that down um, and I've kind of chiseled it into four offerings um, that I think resonate with people when they're looking for things. Um, and that's web, search, social and video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's everything from web design and hosting all the way through search engine optimization to LinkedIn account management and video production. So like it's all things that cross over with one another and things that can help you build a strategy to generate inquiries. Yeah. Now that's a lot of things. Do you do them all? Nope, I certainly do not. (laughs) So, so I did originally. So when Mm. I first set up, obviously it was just me. So I had to make it work and, and I did an awful lot of it myself, but, um, at the end of my second year, I decided that I'd grown it as far as I could grow it with me. Yeah. So I then engaged with an, uh, a lot of freelancers um, who I've now, you know, worked with, and I know that they they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, I I find the work, and we all work together to deliver the projects. Yeah. Um, and that works really well for me because it frees up my time to do more of the actual growing of the business, uh, and it works really well for the client because. Um, they are getting the best people in their field to provide uh, to deliver their projects. Yeah, yeah. And presumably, it doesn't matter where these people are based. No, nope, not at all. No, nope, I can work with anyone anywhere. Obviously, it helps if they're in the UK because of time zones. Yeah. But it really, it honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, what is it that you would say is is different about your approach to to marketing from other marketing agencies? Um, well, I think it's um, because it's uh, all under one roof. So uh, I've picked, uh, I've t- it's taken me three years to find the things that people genuinely seem to need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you've got now is you've got a very um, curated um, uh, suite of um, products and services um, that provide the best um, outcomes. Mm. Um, now, coupled with that, um, is the fact that we uh, don't have any uh, kind of long contracts. So like with your, your traditional kind of marketing agency will we'll usually tie people in for a certain amount of time, yeah. be it three months, six months, 12 months. Um, but what we do is basically work month to month. So it's just one month, con- one month rolling contract, um, which means that 
from the client's point of view, they don't have to have to overcommit. But from yeah. my point of view, it keeps me on my toes um, to make sure that we're providing the best outcomes every every single month. Yeah. And what kind of results have your clients been seeing? Well, you know, it's it's it depends on what the actual service is. So like think like because there's quite a diverse number of services there, they're not all KPI driven, if you see what I mean. Mm. So like a, a well-designed website doesn't really have a KPI outcome other yeah. than, you know, it looks good and it works. Um, hosting and maintenance is, you know, the, the best feedback for that is that their website is always working 24 seven. Um, there are a few services like search engine optimization that are very much results driven. Um, and the, um, feedback from those services have been very good. Um, in fact, um, this year coming, we're going to be expanding on the, uh, search engine optimization service because it's been so good for so many people. Yeah. I can imagine lots of people are interested in that because it's, it's a bit of a dark art, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, you know, I, as I say, from my experience, I've actually done it hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I now don't want to do it myself. But the good thing is when I work with somebody, I know exactly what is required. Yeah. So we can we so that makes sure that we're providing the, the, the right kind of service. Um, and then you see yeah, it's reflected in the results anyway. So, yeah. Let's have a little chat about about networking now. Then was networking something you ever did on behalf of your employers in the past? Yeah, not really. So um, I, I we would be members of like um, the London Chamber of Commerce and then the, a couple of the local uh, regional chambers as mm. well. And and networking would extend as far as kind of going maybe once a month to an in person meeting. Yeah. Um, and that would be it, really. There would be an or, or maybe going to a, a show, an exhibition every now and then. And that would be the sort of the limit of it, really. Yeah. Uh, but when I moved into self-employment, I realized that it was all on me to find my customers. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so then networking became r- hugely important from the get go, right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my case, I was, again, a little bit fortunate that I built up a really good LinkedIn uh, community mm-hmm. so I was able to dip into that to get some clients like almost you know overnight really yeah. uh, but I've quickly realized I'd need to come up with a system by which I could get more more people um, and and again maybe I would say the the part that I did correctly which is I, I went out there and looked for online networking groups yeah. Because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic yes, at the time yeah. and, and there was an awful lot of them were springing up and they were transitioning. Uh, they were traditional in-person meetings that had gone online. So yeah. that was that was brutal. Um, and then through that, um, I could see that I could meet an awful lot of people in a very short space of time. Um, I then realized that I, I obviously I had some skills on LinkedIn. I, I took some courses to get a little bit better at it. Um, and then I, cre- I fashioned a, uh, a funnel um, I hate the word funnel, but it is a funnel. It's a funnel, uh, and which was go to networking, meet as many people as possible, arrange a one-to-one. Uh, don't. I'm not selling at this point at all. I'm just. I'm only genuinely interested in what the other person does. Yeah. Uh, at that point, I would ask to add them to my LinkedIn um, uh, connections, and then I would just provide value. So all my posts are value related. Um, and then I always say to people that if you're on LinkedIn and you want extra reach, tag me in and I'll always engage, share, 
like, etc. And just by doing that, um, it's created a really fantastic um, referral network. So now, now about 85% of my work comes from LinkedIn now. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so what kind of networking are you doing these days now that we have gone more back to face-to-face as well as online? Yeah, well, from networking point of view, I'm still doing online because it's just way more efficient to mm-hmm. do that. Um, you can do more of those in a day than you could ever do going to yeah. <laughs> uh, But um, now that people are allowed to talk to each other again, um, I do find myself going to more large events. So like the business show, business expo, things like that, where you're going to you're going to be in the same room as hundreds of businesses, thousands in some cases. Um, And that's just, that's a very efficient way to do it in person. Yes. Um, And the way that I approach that is I just, I go there, I meet the people, I I go to the stands of the companies that I'm interested in talking to. And then I will go and sit myself in the coffee area. And then anyone who sits at my table, I'll just start a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that works brilliantly. Yeah. Have you tried having a stand yourself? Um, it, I, I haven't, but I've done a lot of exhibiting for people, for companies I've worked for. Mm. And there's always a question of value for money because mm-hmm. it's, it's always an ex, a very large expense. It would be the largest expense my company would pay, would, would invest in, in a whole 12 month period. Yeah. Um, and Without a guarantee, without a guaranteed result, um, it makes it really hard to justify. Yeah. At the moment, I mean, once the once I grow the company bigger, then it would just become part of the marketing budget, and uh, you know, I would do it. But at the moment, it's much more cost effective for me to do online networking and then go to a large show and just mm-hmm. meet people in general. You know, just generally just meet people. Yeah. And is there a particular kind of networking that you enjoy going to the most? Um, you mean like format? Mm, yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop one now. That's all right. <laughs> which, yeah, which is the Creative Collective. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, run by two chaps, Martin and Ben, and they uh, have come up with a format which is fresh. Yeah. On a regular basis, and they have a very well. First of all, they have an incredibly large following, so they they will have anywhere between forty and fifty people per meeting every meeting it's a fortnightly meeting um and they just do some really fun stuff um and you know they have um, breakout rooms uh, they give everybody plenty of time to talk to the whole room yeah um, they have you know the occasional games and, and things like that and it's just a good fun group and because it's niched you get it's a create it's for creatives so yes. you get lots of like-minded people so um, that's it's just a really good a really good format. Yeah, and people who've got similar audiences, we're all sort of looking for the same kinds of people, aren't we? Yeah, well, they 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 um, they use a phrase which is uh, collaboration, not uh, competition. Yeah, um, which um, is weird because when well, it was not weird, it's great. But yeah. when I when I first started networking, there was a lot of traditional networking groups who would have lockouts yes. where you would be the only yeah. person in that group that does the thing that you do. Yeah, um, which when I first started, I thought, well, that's good because then no one's going to be competing with me mm-hmm. for any work. And then it wasn't until I did this network and I was like, well, actually, I'm getting more work from people that do the same thing yeah. as I do than I ever did from, <laughs> yep. from the lockout groups. Um, because there's so much work available out there, so many businesses and people that need help that 
I find myself referring business that I can't because I don't have capacity yeah. or there's a particular skill I don't have yeah. or anything like that. And, you know, I'll be referring to people who technically on paper should be a competitor. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it doesn't work out that way. It just works. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant way of um, uh, finding work. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So why would you encourage other small business owners to try networking if they haven't already? Well, I think, well, I mean, the, the, the best the best um, example I can give of why you should be doing it is because I think if I didn't do it at the beginning, I don't think my business would have got off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when people think of marketing, they think they think of typical marketing approaches like email marketing and, you know, and SEO and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think at the very beginning, if you're, if, if you're either starting out or you're a, still a small business looking to grow, that um, there's no better way of finding uh, or building relationships and finding clients than networking, one-to-one networking, whether it's online or in person. Yeah, absolutely. So just finally then, Lenny, uh, where can people find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Well, um, my uh, so you can find me on uh, my website, which is uh, marketingoutsource.co.uk, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn um, by just uh, just putting my name in Lenny Wood. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for being my guest, and uh, the best of luck with everything for twenty twenty four. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.